0: The send them home. It's time to go home, there, boss. So you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Stand to me. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Tips podcast. It's been a huge week in the week of golf, and thanks for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. We can't wait to start breaking down the. Week that was at the Ryder Cup, and I've got a head on. The man across from me doesn't have a head on, so he must uh, want to start getting paid for these podcasts. AC, welcome to the pod, mate. It's I'm looking forward to breaking down some Ryder Cup. G'day, Cal. I love that,
1: mate. Already giving a jab to Patty Ice. Uh, big fan of that. A great week at the Ryder Cup, everything I love about sport, just the emotion, the history of it, and just getting to see the cream of the crop go at it, it's just outstanding. I understand you went to the GF, mate, this weekend, how was that?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, what a fixture, I obviously didn't have a foot in either camp, so I was really just enjoying, enjoying the football, uh, yeah, it's probably the best game of rugby league I've ever watched in my life. It was pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it a lot. Getting out to Homebush from where I'm I am is a bit of a chore and, and getting back with the ninety thousand other people trying to get back into the city was pretty tough going on a thirty seven degree day war. Well, it was yeah, I was I was well ready for bed when afterwards. So yeah, it is yeah, what a spectacle. It was uh, my third appearance in the NRL Grand Final, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm starting to rack them up. Hopefully I can watch the Warriors in one soon. Yeah, but I'm sure that will come. Yeah, it's
1: a pig of a ground to get out to Homebush, and not a great viewing ground either, but I'm sure the atmosphere would have been
0: gone. Yeah, it was it was great, but, mate, we might as well rip straight into the Ryder Cuff staff. Uh, Europe, just get the job done. It was pretty clinical in the end. Uh we might as well just start from the top. The the Friday foursomes. Uh, I just want to get your take on on that and and what you thought. Were you shell sh- as shell shocked as the American boys? <laughs> yeah, they looked seriously rattled, didn't they? You could just see it on their faces,
1: but it's amazing how dominant Europe are in that foursomes sort of format, particularly in Europe, but they they just looked half asleep, I thought. And I don't know, I think going in without JT, Spieth and Brooks in your first session is just such an interesting decision, particularly JT. And although he didn't play his best this week, which we can talk about later, but you need, it felt like they had a lot of kind of the nice guys, not guys that are comp- really emotional players, but I think they probably got beaten in that department the Europe boys were so up for it, but also they had that concentration. Like they weren't too over the top with their celebrations, but you could just see they wanted to get in the contest. And like people like Sam Burns just completely dropped the ball. He was
0: awful. Mm,
1: What what were your kind of takeaways from that start? Like, do you think Zach Johnson dropped the ball?
0: Yeah, I, I do think he dropped the ball. I was really surprised with those pairings. Like you said, I would have had... Definitely had JT and Spieth out there, and probably I probably would have sent all my major winners out as well. Um, Yeah, but but I think I just think there was a like a an arrogance about the the American side. I think they hadn't played golf in near on six weeks competitively, like, and there's no real reason for it. Like, there was a massive event that all twelve of those Ryder Cup boys from Europe mm. played. I just think that they just thought they had this gun side and they could roll into Marco Simone and just get off the bus and play their best stuff. And you could tell that they were rusty, like compounding errors. And then, like, when it got to Sunday and they would st- had some competitive golf under their belt, it's- it started to get close. So, mm. like... I think they really shot themselves in the foot whether, like, Brooks obviously played the week before, but the rest of them barring JT and Max and Max, who had played a week prior, was the best player by country mile. So, mm. I think not having those competitive reps under their belt really cost them early, early in the event, and it just got them too far behind, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure, and th- I think it's it's easy to kind of point
1: fingers in hindsight as well, but you'd think the Fortinet where Max and JT played was three weeks after the Tour Championship, I think, and two weeks before the Ryder Cup, and you'd think that would have been the perfect time to get them all together to get a competitive tournament under their belts. could have maybe, in the practice rounds before it, you could have done some match play stuff potentially, and it seemed like they were underprepared and kind of came in maybe not arrogant but just a bit blasé Mm. and then there's kind of the other point where yes I think Zach Johnson made some mistakes but it's also like man you've got the 12 best golfers in America and a lot of them just didn't step up to the plate so there's definitely some players to blame there
0: yeah it's and like they went on that scouting trip what was it, a couple of weeks prior. And, like, yeah, Jordan Spieth had just had a child, like, literally at that point. So you can probably excuse him. For, well, you can not probably. You can definitely excuse him from not fronting. But, like, Xander and Patrick Cantley both didn't front. I just I just think when you're a team, it's like, and at the Ryder Cup, it's kind of one-on-all-in sort of stuff, isn't it? It was... It was kinda of just weird. Like it it's seen from the outside looking in they didn't have this cohesion and well oh, brotherhood as wanky as it sounds that the Europeans mm. had. And I feel like America the
1: US team always have to try to show you or justify it with like a corny post or something. We mm. you can just see it in plain sight when you see the Europeans. Like they 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 <laughs> When they are standing on the first tee, it sounds so stupid, but they'd stand a lot closer to each other. They just seem like a
0: tighter knit, mm, just one percenters. And mm. these are and the European guys, which are guys that have all come from completely different cultures to each other, completely different backgrounds. Whereas I know that it's like that in the United States, like depending on where you come from, but you're all kind of playing literally under the same flag when you come from the United States and you know how much they get up for their national anthems and the love for their country. Like you would think that they band together easier than guys coming from 27 different countries. Like seriously. Yeah, that's so fair. I think you've kind of hit
1: the nail on the head. I think one thing I notice, and I don't know – quite how to articulate it but the americans always talk about oh i can't wait to represent the u.s and the europeans kind of talk about they do talk about representing europe but they talk about kind of represent playing in the Ryder cup whereas the americans don't really talk about actually like the history of the Ryder cup what it means them it's more what it means to represent america if that makes sense i feel like the europeans are way more in tune of and what the actual event is rather than the Americans kind of like the feeling of just wearing the,
0: the colors. Does that yeah. kind of make sense? Yeah. No, it does. It does make sense. They, yeah, they want to represent their, their country without kind of wanting to be in the magnitude of, of the occasion. Like it's, mm. and knowing they, they don't talk about what's come before them. Like the Europeans do. They, they, that kind of really in the moment which look in in some cases can play to your advantage but i think having that kind of emotion and you know a bit of feeling behind what you're doing and and knowing that it's not about you and it's like the the history is just so massive i think yeah europe did it so well like zach luke luke donald Speaking Italian and at the ceremony yeah. and like the the locker room video that they did on on their socials, I thought was like magnificent what they did with the Seve kind of honouring him in the in the players dressing room. I think, geez, like especially if you were a, one, a Spanish guy like John Ram, like fuck, that'd be pretty. It'd be pretty hard to not get up to walk out of that dressing room and, and play for Europe. Yeah, and I think the Americans, when, when there's a lot of
1: chat about, oh, the Europeans are more together and stuff like that, they'll probably go, oh, well, we smashed you on home soil last time, which is true. But but overall, the Europeans have always boxed above their weight compared to the American side. Like Normally, the US are going in favourites. They've got the best roster. So I feel, feel as though that's... It kind of reminds me of like a New South Wales and Maroons sort of thing. New South Wales yeah. would go in with the with the big guns, and then the Maroons will just beat them and be like, "Oh, you guys just don't get it." And I kind of actually feel to me it's almost a similar comp.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a bad a bad comp. It's I suppose you could compare the European side to the Queenslanders, like you've just said with the talent and just. You know, kind of squeezing every ounce mm. out of what they got, and, and uh, not not rolling over. I think, yeah, I think you can make that comparison, and I think it's it's not a bad one at all. I think, yeah, the the Europeans do kind of have like they're. I think you, your top kind of five or six players on each team always comparable, but I think it's the the balance of those last kind of six that. We, Kind of becomes a bit of a mismatch traditionally, yeah. like because Europe just don't have that that depth like the US do. But yeah, I I think that comparison's really good.
1: And I think it kind of shows in the singles that normally the US side are pretty strong in the singles where you can kind of expose a lack of depth a bit. But they in the t- kind of t- the teams events at the start of the the sessions like. The your afternoon session,
0: yeah, uh, a little bit closer 2.5, 1.5 to Europe. Uh, and a few get out of jail moments weren't there for the Europeans. The Ram part, the Rose part, just what did you make of this?
1: I'd say, th- although for 4 0 drubbing to get out the blocks is crucial i thought this was the real nail in the coffin they look like it looked like they could have won that session 3-1 and all of a sudden they're and i've got their towel between their legs losing the session and just insane clutch parts i there's nothing else to really say on that it was pretty amazing scenes what happened on the 18th green such great theater had to have three
0: matches go down to that for sure and you know, Spieth and JT got sent out for the first time, and I know we're going to talk about our predictions later. And I, I kind of thought that Spieth would have a, a decent week, but man, he, he looked severely underdone, and just JT, who hasn't been playing his best golf, had to literally carry him on that that, that
1: afternoon. Spieth was fucking terrible. Like he. There was about five greens where he was just standing there watching JT putt with his ball in his pocket. It felt like <laughs> real village Hillary type stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, it was, oh man, he just like sprayed it. Like some of those left balls were whoa, like, fuck. He just, he just couldn't keep it on the planet. It was. And there was one on 13, I think. And
1: the commentator was like, the on-course commentator it might've been Iona. She was like, I didn't even know that OB existed. That's that far right. Like he, <laughs> he just was cutting them off the planet.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was great that that John Rahm part on on eighteen. That was it was moving, but Jesus, oh, he just he did that all week.
1: Yeah, he although he didn't come out top point score, I thought he was the MVP in terms of winning big moments he just hit the shot when he needed to and there was a couple of get out of jail matches for Europe that Rahm was the big part of it yeah and I just the one the one talking point out of that day too was the so Rahm hits that part If for those that didn't see I'm sh- if you're listening to this podcast I'm sure you did see the part and it's it's bounced up off the hole and a little bit lucky, and Rahm was, looked a little bit embarrassed. But at that, he did exactly what you need to do at that point, get it to the hole. He knew he had to make it. And then <clears throat> Brooks comes up and says, basically, that he, that Rahm was acting like a child for whacking the sign on 17 after hitting a bad part. And I was like, man, Brooks, you're growing on me, but that was just so ironic that you called Ram a child, making probably one of the most childish Kind of sore loser comments you could possibly make.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was I, and like Ram when he was asked about that, was kind of like, like "What did he say that?" Like,
1: <laughs> like yeah, and Ram was like, like "I've done of... way worse on the golf course." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm no, like you said I'm no saint on the golf course,
1: um, and also like, for, it was, for a mentally a guy who's so mentally strong like Brooks, for him to be talking. About that after the, after the match, like that affected him it was just so strange.
0: Yeah, it was, and it was. It was also the first we saw of Bobby Mack at a Ryder Cup, and he didn't play well in this session. But I think through I think they through thirteen through fifteen holes they'd counted um, Justin Rose's score thir- on thirteen holes so that's yeah. a, it's a tough one to cop and then of it like you said about the rut if you thought the round part was clutch then geez the justin rose one was was just as big on to mm. to get out of jail on that match as well uh wow that was i i love i don't necessarily love justin rose as a, as a player but i really like watching him when he's playing well it's mm-hmm. he's great to watch
1: and i just respect him so much he just he's he's such a clean skin and maybe sometimes too much so where he kind of comes across a little bit cheesy but i thought yeah. just the fact he talked about i haven't had my a Ryder cup moment and that was one i was like, oh that gave me some goosebumps i was like man that's yeah. that's awesome at that time of your career when you know a few years ago, I, a lot of people would have put a line through him, he could have gone to live and upset some people. But he, oh, it was just awesome to see. Like, I sure. was and... so pumped to just see him ball out all week.
0: Yeah. What? Well, so we've you, you wrapped up the, the session, and what do you think Friday night in the lock in each locker room looks like? Like. <laughs> I've been I've been on the hands of some some hidings on on the sports field and I know how how uh, harrowing some some dressing rooms can be after you've been absolutely dealt to, but not at a Ryder Cup. <laughs> I, I would have loved to know what was going on in that American dressing room after that.
1: Oh, I would have been so. There were. <laughs> I don't know, Zach Johnson would have had to say some he would have been had to be some words from someone just to kinda of lift the boys and say like, Hey, we almost got them three one there and a couple of they would have probably said lucky putts just to kind of tell themselves that, but it would have felt a bit like if you you have a tough day in the field on the first day of a two day.
0: Yeah, it's and, and like they get I don't a couple
1: know. they send you in with like five overs and you
0: get a couple of your neck <laughs> off. Oh yeah. And I I don't know I don't know if like, yeah, like you constantly hear that same voice of Zach Johnson. I don't know if tapping in Stuart Sink would get me up for for the next day either, to, to have some words. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like
1: <laughs> Zach Johnson just doesn't seem like a guard run through a wall through, but
0: yeah. maybe that's unfair. No, I don't think it's unfair. And then he kinda was he is quick to say that everyone was kind of fighting a bit of a bug and and stipulated that oh we're not going to use that as an excuse but mate like to be fair if you, if you're saying it you, you're using it as an excuse <laughs> yeah I thought
1: he was woeful in press conferences man he just got completely outdone in that fashion he he just melted in front of him like
0: oh he's actually like just the most Vanilla human being, ever. It's
1: he needed just he needed like a PR person to do stuff for him. He
0: or just like show a bit of personality, yeah, like show a bit of like just show a bit of something. But look, we could we could talk about that. Sort of shit or, yeah, or uh, podcast. Let's just keep this moving. We've already kind of gone off on a few tangents. We don't want to. We, we don't want to have people locking in for an hour and a half of our dribble. <laughs> so moving on to on to Saturday, and it was a just going from bad to worse for the for the Yanks. Just Hovland and Ludwig just putting <laughs> and Scotty in an absolute body bag.
1: Yeah, I. So that was the only part of the golf I really missed. Unfortunately, I, me and Swanee went out on Friday night to watch the All Blacks, and it was one of those ones. You just wake up. It wasn't a massive night, but I woke up a little bit, a little bit dazed, and I checked my phone. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And I think at that point they were on the eighth, and I was like, "This." I kind of thought maybe I'm still drunk. Like, what's happened here? And no, it was just a complete. An utter mount from Scotty and Brooks because yeah, Ludwig and Hovland were good, but they weren't making a ton of birdies.
0: Nah, they just completely stunk. Those two and they that I don't know about that as a foursomes pair. Well, obviously I do know about it now. Mm. It's a shocking one, but on paper it it just looks personality wise weird. You know, like obviously both unbelievable players but that doesn't necessarily correlate to a good foursomes setup
1: yeah and the thing about Europe seemed a lot more prepared for the foursomes because it makes so much sense for Hovland and Ludwig to play when you look at it now where because Ludwig was really struggling with his irons but he puts the ball on the fairway all the time and Hovland's one of the best approach players in the world, and he was just putting them in the fairway. Hovland was knocking them within ten, fifteen 15 feet, and it was just the perfect sort of storm. Because if you, there's a lot the way Europe did it is there was a lot of drivable fours, they didn't want us to have wedges in their hands, so they pushed the tees forward on the short path fours,
0: and it worked a treat, yeah. It, it did, and just a couple of takeaways from that. Did you see? when bones told jt the the score on that was so good yeah they lost nine and seven and jt just looks at him and just goes nine and seven like with utter disbelief on his face it kind of reminded me that time when
1: there's jt's had some great moments like that when there's that one where Speth asked if you, if they could give it a gimme and JT was just so against it. I think it was in the Presidents cup. It was good. But uh the other thing that happened that session was Max and Max and Harmon showed some real fight. They played really good that day and Max just did the the coldest walk off chip in
0: I've ever seen. Yeah, that was that was wild. It was Hat off before it had... (laughs) Before it had even... It was was two foot out. It was like two foot out from going in. It was... It started walking about six
1: foot out. Maybe ten foot out. Yeah. It was like that Tiger one in the
0: Presence Cup. But the edited version. (laughs) The edited version? That's so fucking funny. The edited version. (laughs) Um, But yeah. You're right. It it was a bit like that. But yeah. Harmon kind of didn't get a lot of TV time I will I didn't see a whole heap of him but, but that he wa- didn't play that waggle that waggle needs to stop
1: yeah he didn't play great but the thing about it's pretty it's pretty interesting that the best. US kind of pairing was the one that weren't friends I think they got way too caught up on pairing mates together because the Harmon and max one just makes sense Harmon puts in the fairway. And Homer can just hit – he flushes irons. He's such a good iron player, particularly with long irons. And although Harmon would have been a bit further back, it's no issue. Max is just as accurate with a 5-iron as most people are
0: with a 7. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm just going to do a 180 back to the Brooks Sheffler. Did you see the footage of Scotty just crying on the back of that golf cart and mm. I yeah. felt for him at that time. And oh, there's yeah, a lot you, of... you do?
1: You yeah, do. And Scotty seems really likeable. I think he actually grew on me a lot this week because he showed, showed a bit
0: of emotion and you could see that mm. how it, much meant, it meant something to
1: him. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if that the crying was out of what it meant to him or just pure embarrassment. I, I think it was I probably a little of bit both. of both. Like, he's yeah. like he's the best player in the world and he just got flogged by Ryder Cup rookie and admittedly one of the other best players in the world but yeah it was mm. to be fair if I was a European player I'd love to see that yeah
1: you would why do you think the US stink at foursome so much
0: I, I just think they're far more individual than yeah European guys and I just I, I can't put my finger on it like yeah like you can you can put it down to maybe your real technical stuff like the ball the like uh, they might be really reliant on stuff like that but that is clutching at straws isn't it like mm-hmm. um' it's I think my observa-
1: yeah I think my observation was that europe just put it in play and it sounds so simple but it's pretty hard to muck up holes Enforce them if you're hitting fairways.
0: Yeah, and but the the lack of compounding errors from the Europeans was like, and this goes back to what we were saying before about just the lack of competitive reps the Yanks had. Like they, it was a couple of times where it was just rough to rough. Like it was poor decision making. It was all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think that adds up, and I I think they would have been better in foursomes if they had had some competitive reps. And like you you said at the top, like maybe in a practice round, get together for nine holes on at the Fortinet Championship and and do some alt shot. Like you have that luxury. Yeah. It's not like it's a blockbuster event,
1: and they seem to be hamstrung by just. Like, why can't JT play with someone else? And why, well, yeah. Cantley did, but what, you know, why didn't they, why can't you split up some mates? If it makes more sense, like, the two best drivers of the ball, or well, two of the best, like, some of the best drivers of the ball in that American team are uh, Xander and Cantley, but then they play together.
0: So, mm.
1: like, why wouldn't you get a good iron player behind Xander's drive? Like, put him with Colin or something like that? It was, it was
0: really interesting. Yeah, it it was, and it's yeah, like it's hard to put your finger on exactly why, but we'll move on to the afternoon four balls. Uh, this is when they kind of stopped pairing their pairing the mates together, isn't it? Um, look, I didn't catch a whole heap of this because it was in the absolute middle middle of the night, and I'd kind of tied one on as well on. On Saturday <laughs> nights, I, I, I got um, I did get home pretty early from from my, my night out about midnight, and and I chucked it on when I got home, and I oh, look, I just fell straight asleep, so I I didn't catch a whole heap of it. What I did, pretty much all I caught was the shit that went down on eighteen with, with Rory and Joey Lacava, like on Twitter in the morning. But before we talk about that, do you want to? Fill the listeners in on on a bit of the golf. Yeah, so it was a bit of a fight
1: back from the US, led by Cantlay. That was such a big. He basically gave him a fighting chance. If he hadn't got that point, US would completely done. But they yeah, they stopped pairing their mates together. Uh, Sam Burns and Colin Morikawa paired really well together. They played great. They kind of shut the door on that match, and then that Cant. That Cantlay match was an all timer. Uh, it kind of just came down to Cantlay and Rory Fitz and Wyndham Clark were playing pretty average, but 16, the drive for Rory hit like a three wood, middle of the green, probably one of the better shots I saw this week actually, and then just missed the eagle part, and then Cantlay's got a part that to keep the match alive basically. They will Europeans were one up at that stage, and he holds probably a 15 footer so clutch they head to 17 Europe one up and Cantlay hits one to six feet Rory tugs one left I wish Cantlay missed that that birdie putt on 17 because Rory hit probably one of the best pitch shots I've ever seen and maybe that's me with my Rory eyes on but I thought that was an unbelievable shot I'm sure you've probably seen it all over socials Cal but he nipped the crap out of this thing and then
0: Just pulled up.
1: But so they go into eighteen all square after Cantley makes that birdie and then Cantley holds an absolute bomb. He was so clutched down the stretch and full credit to him because he'd been copping heat all day. But then yeah. unfortunately all of Cant what Cantley did got overshadowed by his caddy of all people on eighteen, I thought. Maybe it got exaggerated slightly, but I thought it wasn't for me getting in the way wasn't the end of the world. Rory asking him to get out of the way, not the end of the world. But what he did after that was just like, mate, you're not part of this. He's asked you to move, just move. Like it's such a big moment in this Ryder Cup and you're, you're basically sitting there spraying him while he's trying to line up a part like that. Golf is sacred in that sense. You should, once someone's locked in, you need to back the fuck off.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was just despicable behaviour. Like, and just the waving of the head around, like, while he was still trying to line his putt up, even after he had just given him a mouthful. Rory was well within his rights to be fucking pissed off. And, like, I'll give you the hot tip. There's no fucking way Joey LaCava would have done that if he was still on Tiger's bag. No way. Or, if he had, he probably wouldn't have been looping the next day. Fuck. That's like, such a good point.
1: Just yeah, like, I,
0: what, is, what is
1: what is, he doing? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was... And Rory had been, like, noticeably quieting down the car- crowd on 16 and 17. So, for him to go do that was just... I thought it was disrespectful.
0: Yeah, and, and it was. And, like, what unfolded afterwards... I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've you've seen the footage of Rory getting pretty animated and fired up, and the, as he's getting into a courtesy car to get out of to, to get out of Marco Simone, just spraying. I think I'm no professional. I'm no professional lip reader, but I, I think I read it, it was that was a fucking disgrace. Uh, stuff along yeah. uh, along those of that nature, and just look kind of like he might have been shouting at bones or past him i'm i'm not Mm. too sure you you know it's it's hard to say bones definitely didn't look like he was a part of it if anything it looked like he was trying to kind of diffuse the situation but by all accounts joey lacava met with rory face to face on the sunday morning and 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 that's that's
1: bullshit no he didn't rory got asked about after his round and he's like no he hasn't talked to me once um, really?
0: So, yeah. Fuck I fuck, I didn't know that. That is really well, fuck that guy then. Like what was he doing? <laughs> I think it's all buried now.
1: I it's it's an emotional it event. Uh yeah. yeah it's all, all it's just, right. how natural did Lowry look ushering Rory into that car. It looked like he'd done he'd it done to that. a few
0: mates in taxis in an island before. <laughs> yeah, he had done that out the front of Temple Bar a couple of times. Um <laughs> He was just everywhere. Like Shane was just everywhere this week. Like, like I think he only played a couple of times, but he was just like literally. It was when was it when Rose made that party He's like sprinting around the crowd. Like it was it was yeah. sensational. And then he was he was there just getting Rory in, into the car. And then oh, it, it was great. It's hard and then, to believe he wasn't best on ground on Sunday, but we can. It's the definitely hard to believe. Actually, I'd say that's he like had to dollar ten. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he looks like he drank the most grog too. <laughs> I reckon him yeah. and Terrell Hatton would have gone deep. Mm. But yeah. And just while we are on Larry, did you see that video of him spraying that volunteer? Yeah. Like it was,
1: it's it was pretty funny. It's funny how if you have harsh. a thick Irish accent, it can come across so much kinder. If a yeah. mirror Ameri- if JT said that, he would have get slated.
0: <laughs> for sure. Look mate, this we're we're starting to get deep into this pod. Let's move on to the singles. Uh looked a little bit close for comfort towards the middle of the well, towards the start to middle of the the singles. It's just it looked like they weren't going away, but at the end of the day it didn't end up even being remotely close, did it? yeah well I disagree on that a little bit the score front
1: it did but I Mm. thought it's amazing how you can't it's easy to forget when you're watching it that you know there's been 16 points before singles but there's still almost half up for grabs in that last day and anything can kind of happen and if you think about a match that someone wins one up there's always some small moments within that match where it could have flipped to the other side so yeah, I thought it's a little bit flattering the scoreline, but also Europe deserved it with the way they started with yep. like the first okay. two days. But it was there were definitely times where I was a little bit
0: concerned. Mm. Uh, that Ram Scotty match was a belter, the first one. Wow, that absolutely. was absolutely that really set the tone for the day. Scotty, that they lag both just part, played well,
1: yeah. And I think I I give a lot of credit to Scotty the way he fought back because he missed a few shorties early on. I know you messaged me and I had the same belief. We're like, geez, that's so worrying. Like these things are barely touching the hole, and then <laughs> yeah. he he found something and made a few parts. I think at the moment it's a bit in his head the shorter ones. He seems he seems okay from twenty feet. He's hitting decent
0: parts. I then, just think I think he needs to read them himself and tell – absolute wonder ted scott to just like go go over there there and start scrubbing that wedge or something like get (laughs) out of my sight um and then i was talking about ram
1: delivering the big moments and that lag part on 18 was sensational almost stopped at the top of that ridge and put it to tap in range it was seriously impressive and that half a point became so crucial if Scotty had won that match, there would have been some seriously nervy Europeans. Although I'm sure they would have felt some nerves, but that could have compounded it. it
0: was such a big swing. Yeah, and mo- moving on from, from their match, Rory just absolutely flogged. Sam Burns just kind of taught him a lesson on how to play golf, in my opinion. Oh,
1: I, I think, mm, Rory just played too good for Burns to beat him. He was eight under through seventeen, I think. But Burns played so well to get him mm. to to take him to seventeen. Yeah, Burns that's probably, had a couple yeah. of parts that burnt edges too. He, He's I thought Burns player. played really well. He, I, yeah, I thought if he'd played, if he'd played maybe ten different players on that European team, he would have won. So I, I thought. Burns really held his own the other yeah. one the other match that I really enjoyed was Rose versus Cantley. Rose was so gutsy I don't know how you felt every time it panned to Rose he was just pouring in like a 20 or 30 footer his putter was lights
0: out right in the heart too they weren't just like <laughs> cre- creeping in the, the edge they were just like dead center every single time <laughs>
1: I was enjoying that pointing celebration that he was doing throughout the week. I don't know why. But
0: I, I was digging it. Yeah, it gives me a lot of Monty on the dance floor vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Pointed. Yeah,
1: that's a good shout. And the other thing huh. in that singles was Max's part to keep Cup alive was insane. It's mm. like a 10-footer. There was just so much riding on it and it drains it in. And Max, Max was such a stud this week.
0: Yeah, he he really impressed me this week, as he did at the Presidents Cup. Uh, it was great to see him play well. He's made for those occasions, I think. It's just mm. he loves that shit. And yeah. Tommy Fleetwood to got the job done against Ricky Fowler to win the Ryder Cup. That tee shot he hit on sixteen was just like a tracer bullet, like an <laughs> oh. It was like <laughs> that was stone cold
1: yeah he picked up the tee and it, it was barely halfway it was insane after yeah. uh, Ricky the, just
0: fanned one in the piss I thought that gummy from Ricky was seriously generous oh yeah what? yeah I rewatched it before we jumped on and it was closer than I thought it was what do you reckon it was three feet It might have been a bit less, but
1: to win the Ryder Cup, I'm not giving him that, because Fleetwood's putt before that was a nervy sort of
0: poke down that hill. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there'd be no harm in making him putt it. I probably would have made him putt it, but Ricky also just looked like he didn't give a fuck, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah. He looked
0: (laughs) half asleep A week. It was really... I know he plays
1: kind of... That's how he kind of plays, but... Sort of... He doesn't get overly emotional about anything, but I thought... It was interesting. Maybe Ricky just didn't want to hit that six-footer to keep the match alive anyway.
0: Mm.
1: But it's not good for the perception of Ricky because I think he... A lot of people says he could... He has no killer instinct and then he gives
0: away that and it's like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, that's, that's true. And then, look... Final score was sixteen and a half to a eleven and a half. AC, do you have any more takeaways from Sunday before we start to break down our players? We're we're running we're running over time here.
1: Nah, no takeaways from me.
0: I think I've voiced most of them. Who? So just just give me a couple of players that you think played played well and who stunk it up. And if I have anything different, I'll 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 let you know. Yeah, I think. All the horses
1: in Europe played well. Rory, Hatton, Victor, Tommy, Ram, all played extremely well. And then the standout for me in the losing side was Max. I thought Max was, was sensational. He just showed a lot of fight. And where a yeah. lot of America, the US side looked quite shell-shocked, he just looked up for the contest the whole time. His game was so sharp. And yeah, I thought, I was, as a big Max fan, I was proud of him.
0: Yeah, so so was I. I did not really have much to, to add to the guys that played well. The guys that we haven't really mentioned a heap on this pod, Terrell Hatton, I thought he was outstanding mm. this week. He hasn't yeah, got a lot of great. air time from the Off the Tips boys today, but he was, he was phenomenal, and that's kind of what he is. He's kind of that quiet achiever, isn't he? Yeah.
1: I think he's easy to kind of sleep on because he's just a real all-good, all-rounder, doesn't hit it a mile, great putter hits his iron so straight he's one of those sort of guys that just gets a bit but slept on and the other one who we've talked about is rose at that that, at that age he played so well and he was also babysitting bobby mack for a lot of it and i don't mean that to to be disrespectful bobby mack was someone who a lot of pressure going into this he hadn't been playing well this is his first rider cup and I thought Ro- the way Rose, you could see him kind of coaching him through it. I thought mm. Rose did such a good job in that environment.
0: Yeah. And he ended up unbeaten Bobby Mac. So yeah. joke was joke was on everyone else.
1: And I actually thought Sam Burns, it sounds stupid, but he, he completely shat the bed on the first day, but I thought he bounced back really well. And played mm. pretty good, and I I think he's an easy target because he was like a bit of a controversial captain's pick. But I actually thought he held his own compared to a lot of the big guns. Yeah, who do you th- who do you want to mention shot. that played bad? Who who stunk it up? Well,
0: there's a few guys in that that American side: Spieth, Wyndham Clark, mm. Ricky played poorly. I thought. I'm giving Nikolai Hoygaard he- a, a pass mark. I don't think he played very well, but I'm not going to say he stunk it up. He was just kind of. I think he'll be better for the run. Really, I think they, the way they used him was probably th- the right way to do it. Kind of just send him yeah. out there a couple of times and get a taste for it.
1: Yeah, and I think I don't think Europe expected a lot from him, right? Mm, no, you no, know, he wasn't going to go and win three and. He was just there for experience, and he is super talented. And I thought Ram carrying him through. Well, actually, he played quite well that day too. But Ram getting a half with Hovlet, uh Hoygaard, sorry, was something that America, the US side, wouldn't have banked on. And I thought that was a big half point. Yeah, I, I think everyone we've mentioned, Xander was probably the one. Mm. I remember one prediction I did get right. Is if, I, I remember saying in our preview pod that i thought i could trust the big dogs in the europe side a lot more than i could the us and Xander was the perfect example of that like, top 10 in the world i think he's about uh, six in the world and he was just
0: not even a factor
1: he was he, terrible
0: he was one guy that really looked like he didn't care like really yeah. looked like he didn't care and look and his his old man was out there just Firing out some pretty rogue takes about how they, you think they should be getting paid for this, etc., and what, what not. And look, I'm not gonna, I don't have any quotes. so I'm not gonna say exactly what he said, but he was, he went on the record with KVV from No Laying Up saying some pretty rogue, some pretty rogue carry on. But look, um, just before we go, AC, I say I've got a couple of things to d- discuss. We'll we'll finish up with the hat saga with Patrick Cantlay like what what was that all about like there's so many rumors floating around about it like <laughs> twitter's such a good place for just a rumor mill like i saw yeah. obviously was he was taking a, a taking a stand against not getting paid and not wearing the hat i i saw one tweet that he didn't want to get a he didn't want to have a um a forehead tan line before his wedding <laughs> on the day after the rider Cup and yeah uh, but do you think it's just all smoke and mirrors or do you think he was actually making a stand against the payment I really don't know I don't think
1: I'm kind of sick of the speculation about it, it's just a fucking hat at the end of the
0: day I yeah, oh, exactly
1: I thought it seems... It doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't pass the sniff test
0: for me. And, like, I what really... a shit way to protest. You're plastered in United States kit. Mm. Like, what is not wearing a hat doing? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I
1: agree. But, I, like, yeah. and I, I think... This is a takeaway I had. I think Cantlay having his wedding the day after the Ryder Cup just just shows the difference between US and Europe personally. Mm. I, I don't think any European would schedule their wedding the next day because they'd, they'd bank on hanging out together, having some drinks, and it's, I imagine it's such a cool feeling as a golfer to play in a Ryder Cup when you're constantly focused on yourself. You're always with that tight-knit team, your caddy, your coaches, and that's kind of says to me that Cantley didn't want to enjoy his teammates company after the Ryder cup. He just wanted to get out of there. Yeah.
0: And like, obviously never had to plan a wedding or get married, but I can imagine the, the days leading up to your wedding would be pretty high stress. Mm. Like, fuck, like it, Do you it think doesn't he seem booked like it on a it. Monday. So that it's a bit cheaper. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't have that, Seems like
1: that money. sort of bloke. I mean, yeah. Didn't have that right of cut money. So he's like, oh, I'm yeah. just, might be a ch- bit
0: cheaper on a Monday. <laughs> Probably would, but like, let's move on from that. Just last, last couple of things from me. I thought the Europe kit on, <laughs> on Friday, they got done so dirty. Just sweat patches everywhere. <laughs> just like, it looked like a really
1: bad fabric for, what was a hot environment they had sweat yeah.
0: patches all week yeah, yeah. as our, our as our mate Gibbo said uh, boob sweat does not look good <laughs> on a golf course it also doesn't do well for the
1: the kind of debate of whether golfers are athletes or not yes. <laughs> it, it really just I don't know the other thing they were just awful I don't know who designs these things? Or they, They're not playing with the best colours, admittedly. But, uh, I can't believe yeah. some of the kit that Europe roll out in. For sure. Yeah. I and it's worth addressing those trucker hats that US had, though. They have no <laughs> place anywhere, but also no place on a golf
0: course. See, so, um, I don't mind, like, the trucker hats. Um, I just – I don't like the, the flat peak trucker hats. Like, I can copper you know, like a Joe's Garage hat. Do you hat own a trucker or... hat? Hey? Do
1: you own a trucker hat?
0: No, I don't actually own one, but I, I don't um mind one. Maybe we could get off the tips trucker hats.
1: I don't, I, I'll refuse to wear them.
0: <laughs> okay. It looks like,
1: you look like you're gonna, I don't know, swing by the gas station, pick up some of those
0: filthy, dirty dogs and kind of go on your way. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not I don't mind the the, the trucker hat. I thought they looked awful on the golf course, but like in general, like I'm not gonna look down on you if you're wearing a, a trucker hat in public mm-hmm. listeners. I think it's uh it's it's fine. But last thing before we go, one thing I cannot cop that I saw pretty regularly at the Ryder Cup is uh golfers doing like NFL chest bumps, <laughs> not having it.
1: <laughs> I, think I think chest it's... bumps in general are just so rogue, and they never look good. They always yeah. Could you could you tell me the last? Well. Yeah. I don't know when I've ever done one. Really, I've yeah. It's hard to put my finger on it. Yeah, I,
0: it's a, I, I think it's an
1: American thing.
0: Very American. I... I don't. I don't know if I saw any Europeans do them. Nah, I did not Max, Max and Joe did a couple of chest bumps. It's just like just just golfers doing it too. Like it's just not exactly like premier athletes just doing these yeah. doing these chest bumps. Oh, it's hilarious. But the other look, thing, hey, the other thing we need to address is a few predictions. Either. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, so I predicted Colin would have a good week. That certainly didn't happen. He looked like – I don't know. I might start calling him the COVID golfer. He – I don't know. He, he only he only plays well during pandemics. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. Where he, he only got one point, so that was that was poor for me, poor take. I did say Spieth would have a bad week in – I think I nailed that one. only got the one point. Uh, I said Speed would have a good week. (laughs) (laughs) You did say Wyndham would have a bad one, so you got that right. I did say that – I'll give myself a little credit. I did say that Europe would win. I did say that I could bank on their horses playing well, which happened. But the one other prediction that I got completely wrong is I said that Seb Strucker would only be seen in – the four ball format and he wasn't cited in that and only played foursomes. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> that shows how much I know that was fucking bad.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's fucking funny. Eh? Um, <laughs> yeah. The boys predictions have been off just almost as off as our punts, but did you, did you land a punt this week before we go? Yeah. I had Rory
1: top point scorer for Europe. But I, d- I only I'll just break even with it. I was banking on getting one or two of them. Right. But I didn't. So yeah, that's right. It's, it's, well. it's money in the bank.
0: Well, well, mate, actually, a, a pretty decent week of golf to look forward to. Five events on worldwide. Golf in, back in Australia, it's televised to the WA Open and the Alfred Dunhill links is back on, which is a decent event. So, listeners, if you're that way inclined, you'll have plenty of golf to sink your teeth into over the weekend. And, look, we'll we'll come back next week with a bit more fun. We'll bring playoff holes back and, and you know, and we'll, we'll shoot the shit a little bit more rather than breaking down Probably what is the last huge event of the year. So, appreciate you guys tuning in. AC, get back onto the job hunt. Just start firing off some more CVs this afternoon, and And I'll I'll catch you next week. And cheers for tuning in. Why don't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too big for your home?